Hello and welcome to episode 112 of the Nerd Culture Podcast. Yay! It's, Yay. Actually, it's sort of, it's sort of becoming <laughs> the intro to the Muppet Show for a second there, I'm not too sure. <laughs> it's the, uh, that's the Nerd Culture Podcast show for this episode. Special guest star. <laughs> He's me. Uh, for this very episode, for this, for this. Can, can the host be a very special guest star? Well, I'm special. <laughs> My mummy said so. <laughs> for this episode, we have news, reviews, contest of champions, Azerothian times, and uh, a special sort of commentary section of my, the, the editorial. The editorial, I like that. I was going to call it the nerd rant, but the editorial is better. The soapbox it sounds classier. It does sound classier. <laughs> See, this is why you're on the show. Um, so, but uh, we'll get to that one later. Uh, my name is David, as I'm sure you're already aware if you're not new to the show. What is it that every every podcast is somebody's first episode, That's or right. whatever that motto is? Yep. Yeah. And we do have some first podcasts, uh, people listening, which I'll get to in a sec. But uh, yeah, so yeah, my name is David, and we'll be the NCP crew, Crystal. Hello, everybody. And Bo. What's going on? <laughs> it's going good. Skyping in from uh, the US. Okay. So, the United States of America. <laughs> <laughs> do you ever, do you ever actually do you ever seriously throw in America into a conversation? You never no. it never refer to as America. It's only joking around, isn't it? Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's only a joke. Proud Nobody, no one does that for real. Nobody does it for real, do they? Come on, not Mister George W. Bush. <laughs> yeah, he just can't talk. He's just not good at speaking. I'm proud to be American. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, hello to all American listeners. That's very good. Was that was that pretty good? That's pretty good. That's probably the only good accent I've ever done. <laughs> anyway, let's get let's get the ball rolling. So uh, this is a, a special episode. Every episode is special, but this is a special episode mainly because uh, it's our uh, last one before we go off to America. Yep. Talking about the United States, um, so it's uh, it's really really exciting. This is uh, for the first time ever. Uh, there won't be an episode next week. We're normally we're a weekly podcast, so there won't be an episode next week because we won't be here. We'll be in the States. Uh, so we will record a special uh, episode with the Unbow in person instead of on Skype. So it'll be really, really exciting. I'll get to I see, might be a see lot older flesh. than you think I am. I might <laughs> say with old bow. If you're not wearing the same T-shirt that you're wearing in your uh, profile, your Skype profile picture, and making that face, I'm, I'm going to be very disappointed. You have to have that face on the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I gave that T-shirt away. I don't have it anymore. Oh, I, I can get it. We'll I can get it back though. Prop, the, prop up the iPad in the corner for all time saying. Yeah, well, I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> just have it there. <laughs> yeah, we're going to give you an NCP T-shirt, so you can just wear that. That'll be that'll be fun. I got an idea. Instead of instead of changing our whole routine, why don't I just Skype you from my hotel? room to your hotel room and we'll do it that way a floor above each other or above and below each other that actually that, that sounds really really cool <laughs> there's free wi-fi in the, in the hotel room so it'll, it'll be really really exciting so uh, i do apologize for uh, the fact that there might be an episode next week uh, but uh, there will be an episode after that and uh, it'll be full of uh, our new york experiences and but it'll be you know all the excitement of new york and you know any interviews that we managed to get from new york comic con and just various stuff like that, so it'll be very, very exciting. After we've battled the invading aliens and, and staved off the, the meteors. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Survived the meteor explosions. Survived the floods. 
<laughs> yeah, it seems like uh, if you believe Hollywood, a lot of shit goes down in New York. Huh? Yeah, New, York, New York gets targeted a lot, poor thing. <laughs> it does. <laughs> a million tales in this we'll be, city. We'll be, we'll be, we'll be right. I'm sure we'll be fine. I'm sure it's New York's the friendliest city in the world, from what I've what I've heard. So I'm sure it'll be. I fine. doubt it. But, I don't know. But, but, I've never been there, but I just I don't get that vibe. <laughs> I don't get that vibe either. I just wanted to throw some good vibes out there into the universe. So uh, yeah, so it's, it's really, really, it's really, really exciting, and uh, um, we're really looking forward to it. And and uh, I know Bo, Bo's playing it cool because he's a cool dude, but he's looking forward to it too. Um, oh yeah, I'm really excited. <laughs> so it's going to be fun. Uh, so let's move on with the show and get on to some news. Uh, Marvel Entertainment and the Kirby, the heirs of the Kirby estate, have finally settled uh, their court grievances. Uh, it's been a long running, long running court battle. Uh, it's been going on for many, many years. The general, the general gist of of the the court uh, case was in uh, was regarding the rights to the characters that Kirby worked on and uh, co-created and and or created. Um, there's a little bit more to it. The the the, the common conception is that it was because the Kirby estate sued Marvel uh, in order to basically make some money off off of you know Kirby's work, and that's actually not the case at all. Uh, for anybody who's done like even a slightly bit of research, it's actually Marvel actually sued the Kirby estate. It's actually the other way around because there uh, there was a law passed uh, in the late seventies, uh, a new copyright law in America was passed in the late seventies that basically said that that not only extended extended the length of time that, it, that a, a, a property was copyrighted for, but also threw in it that if you wanted to fight uh, the sort of the copyright, uh, the ownership, that's basically the ownership of that property, you had a certain period of time to do so. And if you didn't, then the copyrights stayed with whoever it was currently with. So um, this, the Kirby estate during that period went to you know, protest, you know, the, the copyright ownership of certain characters and obviously some very important characters and Marvel sued them to stop them from doing that. Was, was, it was based on what determines work for hire versus employment. So what was, 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 was Jack Kirby actually employed by Marvel um, and so therefore whatever he created while he worked there belongs to Marvel because he was just basically just there drawing them essentially. Or was he a work for hire sort of freelance person, and did Marvel have to purchase yeah. the the rights to those creations off of him? And that's that was that was the main argument, and that, and that is, like I said, it's been going on for many many years, and uh, they've reached a, a they basically the the Kirby estate lost a few uh, a few cases, and it basically eventually reached the Supreme Court, so the highest court in the land, um, and. Uh, before they eventually got, before it even went before the Supreme Court, Marvel and the Kirby estate settled. Uh, so it's it's a good it's a good outcome for everybody all around. Marvel's happy, Kirby's happy. Um, of course, there's you know people on the incentive that have thrown in their opinions and and uh, you're never going to make people on the internet happy. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, people, yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> some people on the internet are happy, some people aren't. And it's all a conspiracy and all that sort of stuff. You know, some people. Are, are, the the only really thing that sort of upsets me out of that is that people say that the Kirby airs trying to basically just sort of squeeze as much money out of Marvel as they can now that they're, you know, making billions and billions of dollars. Um, and it's just not the case. I mean, this has been going on for a long, long time before Marvel become the juggernaut, the media juggernaut that they are today. So, I um, mean, it's, it's, I mean, yeah, they, they want what was due to them, 
but through the legal you know, course of law. I mean, they did everything le- that legally yeah, they could. People don't want to have facts to back up their opinions. <laughs> facts are important. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so yeah, so they've come to a settlement. It's a good, it's a good day um, for the, for the both parties. They're both happy, and, and I'm, I'm happy for them. And and uh, I wish them both the best of luck. Well, now that they got that Disney money, you know, they can they can settle. Yeah, well, that's well. I guess, I guess that's it. I guess, I, guess, I mean, the, the only the reason they said, I mean, of course, they don't reveal exactly why, but you can only assume the reason they settled is because they weren't entirely sure that they would win. Yeah, that would, and that, that would dude, be the, the logical court, assumption. This has been going on for so long; it's, like, it's it has to be costing them more money at this point to fight it. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't make any sense to to keep it going that's if right. they're not confident they're going to win in the end, which I don't think they were. Like you're saying. Copyright is such an unusual thing with with Marvel. With copyrights, unusual in general. Yeah. But um, especially like like I thought about like when you go to cons and you buy a sketch of you know a uh, Batman or something. Theoretically, should Disney or should uh, DC get part of that money that you paid the artist for the commission? You would it, it, if you if you go by the very black and white of the law, then yes. Yeah. Definitely. They 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 basically they shouldn't be able to sell. Uh, an image of something that doesn't belong to them, um, but it's a long-standing tradition that people, that companies like Marvel and DC have turned a, a blind right. eye to that. As long as it's not a mass-produced product, like if you started making, you know, Batman posters and start selling them on your website and start making some 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 good coin, then obviously DC is going to step in and say, "What the hell? We make out we but make our do own that posters." Too. People do that too, though. I mean, it's yeah. really it's really weird to think about. Like it's sometimes you get away with it, and sometimes you don't. I yeah. don't know. It's just it's a weird thing. It's it's a weird thing. It is it is a weird thing. It's but I'm not a lawyer. <laughs> no, none of us are lawyers. So we, we yeah, don't know yeah, exactly. The precise nature. I don't, know, of it, but, I don't know where the line's drawn. It's just weird yeah. that sometimes you can do it, sometimes you can't. Yeah, exactly right. And it's about, I mean, it's not going to stop me from taking my sketchbook with me to New York Comic Con and <laughs> getting that oh, filled yeah. up. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so some other news. Uh, Marvel has uh, helped the uh, Orange Juice uh, Corporation in America by creating, uh, well, revamping a character called Captain Citrus, <laughs> who is. I didn't uh, know what this was about. I didn't know what this headline was about. Because uh, all because all I've got in the notes is Captain Citrus. <laughs> but, uh, but basically, what it is is um, it sales Orange Juice sales have dropped dramatically in the United States and. Um, but in in favor of uh, stuff like coconut water and you know aloe vera water and all that sort of stuff, right? This is serious. So so I can't um, believe this is a real story. This is a real story. So they've approached they've approached Marvel in order to revamp a character that they had from many moons ago, who was basically just an orange. <laughs> and, uh, and they've turned, they've created a character called Captain Citrus, and and a little comic that they can give away at schools and stuff. That, that basically, so he gets he gets his power from drinking orange juice. <laughs> they're, they're but he's an orange. Popeye if they want to do speech. Popeye is coming back. There's a Popeye film in the works. <laughs> yeah, I know. There is a Popeye oh, film on, in the works. Go, 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 go. Um, so... <laughs> hey, go, 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 go. <laughs> See, he did it best. Uh, yeah, so Captain Citrus. Anyway, it's, it's a minor story. Moving on. <laughs> I just thought it was funny. Uh, I, can't, I can't believe that's a real That's a real story. What about the YouTube... There's the YouTube orange. The, the orange with the mouth on it. You know, oh, you, yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. It was it's Sarcastic Orange or whatever his name is. Yeah, that should just be, they should just give that to kids. <laughs> just give that to kids, for sure. Kids would probably like that better. Well, that, uh, that brings us to uh, the, the last bit of news, and it's, it's um, shameless self-promotion uh, part of the news. I, I'm not ashamed to say it. I've actually titled it Shameless Self-Promotion. Um, our Facebook page has been inundated with uh, likes, 
ever since we put up our two latest videos. We finally got our Oz Comic Con Melbourne uh, videos up um, on um, YouTube.com forward slash NCP hyphen TV. Uh, so go check them out. And, uh, you know, they've got heaps of likes on them already. Our Facebook page has been has just been slammed. And we got like 80 extra likes or something. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. It's, it's absolutely awesome stuff. Got some uh, Twitter followers and and uh, got some feedback emails as well as, as stuff like that. So I just I just want to take this take this uh, time to just say how much this really this means to us. It just it really is just amazing. It, it really it blew me away. Like we got like thirty likes in like in one day, which is you know which may not it's not you know nothing compared to what say Felicia Day or someone gets. But for us, it was it was really 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 impor- impressive. And uh, we're up to like two ninety one likes or something. Or something you like can always that. watch so, the numbers tick it over. It's cool. I was actually yeah. It was it was getting to the, that day. It was getting to the point that I was hitting refresh and the numbers were changing. And I was just I can't express how excited I was. It was unbelievable. Um, so thank you very much to everybody who's checked out the videos and everybody who's thrown a like on us. Thanks for joining uh, joining the crew and uh, I hope you're enjoying the show. If this is your first listen first episode that you're listening to, thank you very much for joining us and uh, I hope you like what you hear. Uh, so let's move on to some reviews. So first up, we've got Bo who's doing the Punk Sinner. The Punk Singer is a documentary. Uh, it's it's about a uh, a girl named Kathleen Hanna. Um, she was the lead singer, actually, in a lot of different um, um, punk rock bands in the uh, in the early '90s. Bikini Kill and Riot Girl was probably the two most famous. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a really interesting documentary. Basically, the documentary follows the life of Kathleen from the time she was in college and started the band up until, I mean, pretty much present day. I mean, it goes on the way up until, um, you know, after she's, you know, what she's doing now. It's an unusual documentary because it's, it starts out like, um, kind of telling the story about what the punk rock scene was like in the early nineties. Um, as far as, you know, it's, um, like the way, the way the punk rock scene respected women or the lack of respect for women, basically, and then this was a punk rock band that had a girl lead singer. It was mostly girl. They had a guy guitar player, but they had uh, you know three girls and one guy. And the lead singer was you know I would compare her to the lead singer of Minor Threat in that she just she just really like yells it and has passion behind you know her lyrics and um, you know passion behind her delivery and just everything she did you know was all about the delivery and she was really good at you know kind of motivating people in a movement. And, um, you know, this was in a time period whenever that wasn't, it wasn't seen from girls in this, in this genre of music, you know? Was it around, and, uh, was it around the same time as The Runaways? No, um, they're there from the 80s, aren't they? They're from like the late 70s, early 80s? Yeah, Joan Jett, is that Yeah, Joan, Joan, yeah. We're Joan Jett's band, first band. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, and Joan Jett's in this documentary too. Yeah. It actually looks like it was kind of involved in the same kind of movement, actually. Cool. I'm on the Runaways website now, trying to see some uh, some dates to see if if I'm correcting that. But Joan Jett was involved in the story too a lot. Cool. Um, so there's definitely, you know, definitely some uh, crossover there probably. But uh, you know, it's a really good documentary. I like the way it was presented. Um, it was it's weird it's weird watching her like life from starting the band until you know a much more mature version of a of a musician that's still kind of like pushing for the same same movement but she's you know much older and you know much more you know mature and and the way she approaches it mm-hmm. and i don't mean that like it was a bad way that she was doing it when she was younger but like 
I can say, like, in bands I've played in, I was really confused about some of the things that I was, like, you know, writing songs about and stuff, because you're at the age where you're figuring all that kind of stuff out. And so, like, it, it's, it's kind of weird watching the younger version of her, like, you know, dancing on stage in her panties with slut written across her stomach. You know, somehow that's fighting for women's rights, you know, but it was just it was just something that, like, if she was a guy, she wouldn't be scrutinized for. Like, if I were watching a documentary about uh you know the bad brains or something like that and they did something weird like that on stage i wouldn't scrutinize it but like because it's a girl lead singer you're kind of like i don't think that's very ladylike <laughs> you know so but isn't, it, but isn't kinda, that the point though i mean the fact that exactly she, she that's, lab- that's she labeled, what i'm saying it was, yeah. it was all about labels yeah exactly like yeah. that's that's what i'm saying is like yeah. like it's it, it was it was to illustrate the point yeah about yeah. labels and and they did a lot of that sort of thing and um, it's weird. She ended up marrying um, one of the singers for um, Beastie Boys. Really? Which uh, I love the Beastie Boys, but again, like she came under such scrutiny because they have songs that are very sexist. You know, sometimes. Yeah. Um, and um, you know, in the documentary, he actually says something about that. Like, you know, we wrote those songs and we had no idea the impact of what those lyrics meant. We were just, we were just being teenagers, and you know, now I look back and. and and think like I had no idea that that's really what that song meant. You know what I mean? That's cool. But again, like if it were a guy that married, you know, a you know, like it wouldn't be scrutinized the same way. Yeah. And so the the documentary had a lot to do that. It had a lot to do with how like people scrutinize her differently than other punk rock lead singers. Um, it's, it's just an interesting story to to kind of watch her life from college to now. And um, as somebody that's into that scene of music and into kind of the you know the punk rock scene and the post hardcore and all that kind of stuff. It was really interesting to me to see it from a from a female band's perspective, um, because it is it is a genre that is dominated heavily by men. You know, yeah. Um, it's nowadays if there was an all girl punk rock band, I mean there are all girl punk rock bands, and it's not the same stigma that it was in the early '90s. And so it was it was interesting seeing it from that perspective too. Um, do they do they compare so I, them? Do, do they any comparisons to Pussy Riot? No, they didn't really talk about them much in the uh, in the documentary. There was okay. some Courtney Love talk, but uh, yeah. <laughs> no Pussy Riot. <laughs> okay, cool. And awesome. Courtney Love was kind of the villain of the villain of the uh, story. So Courtney Love is the villain of humanity. Let's be <laughs> <honest>. <laughs> Alleged, um, allegedly, allegedly, <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> Just want to protect myself legally. There. Yeah, it was really cool. I recommend like if you're in if you're into documentaries and you're into this type of music, you should definitely watch it. If you're even into, you know, just, um, you know, human rights in general, uh, and, like, that's a passion of yours, you should watch it. Um, it, it. It has a lot of interesting, you know, aspects to it besides just the music. And uh, to give it a, you know, out of five rating, I would say four out of five. Um, I have seen better documentaries, but this one was actually really good, and I think it, it should be up there. Cool. Um, last week I talked about Californication, and... I did finish Californication this week, so I thought I'd give you a quick little, you know, touch on that. I don't want to do a whole review, but I can say that it is. And did you watch it all the way through? By the way, yeah, I've seen the first two seasons. Oh, okay, well, there's seven seasons total. Yeah, I can say seasons one through four. Like if I were to rate seasons just the first four seasons, yeah, I'd say it's like a four out of five. Okay. Seasons five, six, and seven are like a two out of five. Like <laughs> it, it, it heavily drops off. I mean, yeah. 
you know, how does this keep happening to David Duchovny? You know, it happened in uh, X-Files the last two seasons are, are not nearly as good as the first. So they're going to have so to get like, Robert Patrick in to take over. <laughs> it's a curse. Yeah, yeah. No, what if they just switched? Oh, that would have been so weird. They switched to the Terminator halfway through they're the not gonna, show, They're too. not going to switch to Robert, Robert Patrick. All, I mean, all love and respect to Robert Patrick, but uh, he's in a new show at the moment called Scorpion, and I can tell you he could not take over for David Duchovny. <laughs> It's just he's, he's, uh, he's not looking he's, good. He's not looking very good at all. Yeah, he's in. Um, <laughs> he's aged. He's, uh, he's in. A, he's in another show too that I watched recently. Yeah, and he's looking. He's looking older and older. Yeah. But anyway, like the last, it's it's it was it's worth watching all the way through. The first four seasons are so good that you want to watch all of it and get closure. Hmm. But it really goes off the deep end. The last three seasons. I mean, I don't want to say it's terrible, but it really doesn't live up to the same you know artistic approach that the first four seasons had. The first four seasons, I felt like you're actually watching one of Hank Moody's books. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it kind of seemed like it was written in the same artistic, but dark and highly sexual style as, you know, the way they describe Hank Moody's books. And then the last three seasons are kind of like, they, they kind of have that a little bit, but it's a little more just like gratuitous, more like they were trying to be funny and sexy than they were trying to be artistic. And that was what I really liked about the first four seasons. Cool. And I thought since we were going to New York, I would kind of bring up a real quick, uh, you know, mention of, of the movie Premium Rush. Okay. One of the things I'm excited about checking out is the uh, bicycle shop from Premium Rush. Um, the bicycle shop actually has the bike from the movie. I'll say a quick review of it is it is as good of a movie as Fast and the Furious is. Which is to say, it's a terrible movie. But you may enjoy watching it if you like bikes. Like I love the movie because I like I like all the different bikes that they ride in it and all the different like fixed gear and then single speed and the one guy's got the mountain bike and you know if you're into bikes and commuting and that sort of thing, then you'll probably like the movie just because of that aspect. But it's not a very good movie. In the same way, Fast and the Furious, you can only enjoy it if you like looking at cars. You know. So it's, funny, it's interesting you say that because I've seen Premium Rush and I thought it was awful um, and uh, it didn't uh, elevate my... You don't like bikes, my, right? My low opinion of Joseph Gordon-Levitt. So but it's not as good as BMX Bandits? It's not as good as BMX Bandits, that's true. <laughs> or Rad. you got to love is, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I mean, he was in a really bad movie, but it's yeah. not bad because of him. No, no, it's not bad because of him. It's bad because it's just a terribly boring story. Um, and I'm not really, I'm not really, I'm not into bikes as as you are. But I do like, I do like them. But I'm not into them as, as you are. <laughs> uh, but it, it, but even even I will admit that that uh, bike store did look kind of cool. <laughs> so uh, if you're into bikes, that bike store is like heaven on earth. So uh, whenever we'll, whenever we'll we're in New out. York, I'm going to be watching all the bike messengers and things like that go by. I'm going to be interested in that just as much <laughs> as seeing the sights. <laughs> <laughs> but that being said, I actually enjoy the Fast and Furious movies for what they are. So, <laughs> so you know, I'm not ashamed to say. I'm a fan. You should be. No, well, thanks. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> cool. So uh, those are our for that. Next up, we've got Crystal. And uh, as she threatened, she is, in fact, going to be uh, reviewing U2's album that uh, everybody received for free from iTunes called Songs of Innocence. Oh, goodness. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought... That was my reaction. <laughs> I got it for free. Um, I, I don't mind you too. I'll give it a listen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, to, just to give a bit of background, I mean, yeah, yeah, we, we, we got it for free. As, as We talked about it in a previous episode where you know, users got this album for free from iTunes during their big you know, push for iOS. 
and uh, people were some people were upset about it. I mean, like I said, one one guy was like, "I've got to burn my phone now because it's got U two on it and all this stuff." But, <laughs> but uh, so that's why I was really excited when Chris was like, people, "You know what? I'm going to review it next." <laughs> people are less like, yeah. upset if they've dropped their phone in the toilet. I know. Anyway, <laughs> so I'm, I'm interested. I actually, I haven't heard, I haven't listened to it. So U two's album better than dropping your phone in the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> that's the official review. <laughs> um. I have this theory about bands as they get older, and I'm not sure whether it's to do with the bands as they get older or whether it's just to do with me as I get older, but I find that most of their best stuff is done when they're young and fresh. And then when they get older, they're still producing quality music, but it's never going to be in the top ten. Yeah. That's, that's, that's for every band? Well, this is what most. I've found so far. Most most bands. I mean, I mean you've got people I actually, like... I like the Beatles stuff that was later than the early stuff. I like the second half of their career more than the first half. Yeah, but they were still young then. What I'm saying now is Paul McCartney now is still producing music. Oh, I, couldn't, I was, can't listen to any of that. When was the last new Paul McCartney song you heard? Uh, I don't know. Give my regards to Thinno Street. Broad Street. Broad Street. How old was that? That was in the 80s. That's I the think. 80s. <laughs> I'm an old man. So, I mean, even my beloved Neil Finn, I, I love his his stuff, his early work, and Split Ends brought split ends to number one many many times and he's producing quality quality stuff now but it's it's not being it's not getting regular airplay on the on the uh, commercial radios okay um, so his talent hasn't lessened his talent hasn't lessened not as popular. but it's not sounding as fresh i'm not rushing out going oh, did you hear that new song oh, that was amazing i'm going oh yeah that was nice did you do that when you were younger though did you rush out and say oh, yeah. with that? With that I, re- I that remember. I re- remember not speaking to a certain person because he said he didn't like crowded house. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say I didn't like crowded ha- all crowded house and stuff. I just, I just didn't think they were as good as you said they were. Lies. He still married me. Eventually. <laughs> Eventually. <laughs> it took twenty years. <laughs> what anyway. if I don't know who they are? You don't know who they are. You would if you heard some of their mu- their pop- most popular music. You would know because it's know. Yes. Oh, okay. That's fine. I'll have to educate you. It's not really your type of music, bro. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> nobody, they're not wearing bikinis on stage. Well, split ends were kind of arty punk. <laughs> yeah, split ends. So you might know some split end stuff. Well, I'll, we'll play you some when we see you. Yeah. All right. Uh, what, what my point by saying all this is that that this album seems to fit that criteria. Yeah. They're still producing quality music that sounds like you two but it's none of the the groundbreaking stuff that you heard in the in the late 80s early 90s when they were really really big it, it kind of feels like you two paint by numbers stuff you've got your your typical edge guitar riffs, riffs in the mm. in the background i mean it got to maybe the fourth song before I thought, oh, this is a song where Bono's not using his his lungs to their full potential. But then I was wrong because he did. A, a, lot, a lot of these songs, I can picture Bono standing on on a cliff top with the sunset behind him and the wind in his hair, his arms out, and he's just bellowing out with his long panning shots. That's the sort of feel it. I think they're aiming for, but uh, yeah. it kind of feels a bit fake. Uh, there's a song on it called California and the start of it I believe might be a little tribute to the Beach Boys Barbara Ann which is kind of cute but then sort of trails off into something new two-ish um, funnily when I, I was typing my notes as I was listening to it on the iPhone and using the new Apple keyboard the next word suggested after beach was butt beach butt <laughs> beach butt <laughs> beach butt yeah beach butt I'm working on my beach butt yeah exactly <laughs> what the song Iris, there's a cool uh, guitar lick at the start that sounds a lot like the old U2, 
and you sort of hear a bit more of that during the song, but it really just made me want to listen to older new you two. Okay. But um, to, to to kind of show you what I mean, I don't know how well this is going to sound on the on the from the iPad, but this is this is a bit from Iris. You can kind of hear the old guitar. Hear it? Yep. Yes. But um, that's sort of as much as you get. But uh, so it's 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 kind of new U two, but they're falling back onto old new U two, and they haven't sort of it kind of becomes middle of the road U two. Right. Yeah. There's a song on a call raised by wolves, which, if if California was a tribute to the Beach Boys, I think this one's a bit of a tribute to Journey, right? Because <laughs> it really sounds like an '80s power ballad. It's <laughs> a thrill, that. Um, uh, there's a song "Sleep by, Sleep Like a Baby Tonight." It's got a nice sort of grungy guitar sound in it, and um, although Bono has this stupid falsetto in the middle, he does that ooh thing that he does, but then he starts singing in that voice for a couple of lines, and it doesn't quite work I mean you're not Barry Gibb stop it <laughs> fair enough <laughs> uh, oh and just one more in the last song this is where you can reach me now that has a weird sort of science fiction thing in the background sound in the background it's a bit distracting it's kind of I don't know where they got that from it's kind of odd anyway so my overall review is it's it's it's, it's middle of the road paint by numbers you two but the edge gets a big thumbs up from me for the guitar work. But yeah. what it's really missing is you know, a little bit of this business here. That's the stuff I kept wanting it to come back to. <laughs> Rating? Rating? Sorry, guys, but it's 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 a it's a two out of five for me. If you two happens to be yeah. listening to this podcast, <laughs> I, yeah. I I would also like to apologise. I, I give it five out of five. You're the greatest. No, <laughs> no so it's two out of five. If you two is listening to this episode and they contact us. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll change will, our rating then. Yeah, we'll be on board. I, I, I will. They say we can't be bought. I assure yeah. you, we can. <laughs> I will tell Bono to his face. <laughs> Take off the stupid glasses. <laughs> uh, Make some proper music. I actually saw him with any sunglasses on, and it was, it was, it was kind of weird. Yeah. I was like, wait, that's not right. In the early days, he never wore sunglasses. He's a handsome dude. He should take those bloody sunglasses off. All right, cool. Um, that's <laughs> an interesting review. I, I was, I was, I didn't know whether you were going to say you loved it or whether you say you hated it. But... Yeah, well, the second song on there, I found myself actually quite enjoying. But yeah. to, for the life of me, I can't remember what it is or how it went. Now, I call it the show. sad time. Like, there's bands that, like, whenever they're, whenever they're starting out and they still have like the passion of a beginner, mm. um, then it sounds different than whenever they have the passion of an incumbent. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like I, the the one that comes to my mind is uh, um, Third Eye Blind. Like I don't know if you guys listen to a lot of Third Eye Blind, but like mm-hmm. their first CD was one of my favorite CDs of all time. It's really good. But then after that, it's just all pop music. You know, I'm just not into it anymore. You yeah. know, hmm. and it's because the first CD is just about so much like like sorrow and drug addiction and and you know and then i guess he got money and got off of all of that and, <laughs> and his music's not as good anymore he got money so he's not sad anymore <laughs> the only, yeah the only band i can think of that had a really big hit later in their career was the rolling stones and even they haven't done anything since the 80s really 
start me up. Yeah. They are still masters, though. I'm not sure that they're still alive. I think they died and someone <laughs> forgot to tell them. Especially Keith Richards. It's a bit rude. <laughs> but probably true. So let's finish up the reviews with mine. Uh, so I'm, uh, as the host, I'm going to, uh, <laughs> to pull the, the host card and uh, review... Not the host card! The host card. Oh, no! I'm actually reviewing three different things, three three different, three different subjects, so I won't go for too long. I'll be as quick as I can. Uh, in one of our previous uh, episodes, I reviewed the first episode of the new TV show from Sci-Fi called Z Nation, uh, which is a zombie <laughs> apocalypse show that essentially rips off The Walking Dead but has that the asylum sort of edge to it where it's like you know it's all blood and gore and you know and sexiness and you know it's all over the top ridiculousness it's uh it, I'm, I'm glad to say that it uh, continues that tradition in episodes two and three uh but they they meet up with a bunch of um with a, another bunch of survivors who turn out to have been doing things that are questionable in order to survive allegedly uh, no, no, no it's, it's legit <laughs> you see it happen um it's pretty funny and uh I, I'm, I'm still going to keep watching it i, I don't I'm, I'm i'm drawn to it i'm not too sure why um but there's one the the, the one major negative is the acting i mean i mentioned it in the, in the pre in the first the it happened in the first episode and it continues on the, the acting is just atrocious especially from the leader of the other group of survivors the bad the bad guy survivors that um the tomb raider girl i think her name's i think her name's sunrise or summer or sunshine or something yeah sunshine i think it's sunshine anyway um that she's been trying to trying to escape from but the the leader of that group the guy who's playing that is there's some of the worst acting i've ever seen i've seen children and animals act better than this guy it's just it's just shockingly bad uh but still I'm still watching. <laughs> I'm going to keep watching it. So, anyway, Z Nation, if you haven't given it a go, give it a go. Uh, the other show I want to talk about is Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So, the second season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has, has started up. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 1 uh, was a bit of a mixed bag. The first half of it is pretty ordinary stuff. It didn't really, really find its feet until about halfway through. And then it interconnected with the Marvel Cinematic Universe properly, uh, mainly because of the events of Captain America 2, Winter Soldier. Did it explain how Coulson is alive? Yeah, that all gets explained. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and so once it once it did that, so once it sort of hit its stride and, and then properly connected with the Cinematic Universe, it became awesome. I looked forward to every episode and... Uh, it was some great stuff, uh, especially the very last scene from the last episode. It was cool. Uh, the second, second season sort of carries on from that. So S.H.I.E.L.D. Is no, no longer exists after the events of Captain America 2. So S.H.I.E.L.D. doesn't exist as a, as a government entity anymore. Do they have to change the name of the show? No, they, well, yeah. they've, they've, they've formed their own sort of mini-S.H.I.E.L.D. So okay. Nick, Nick Fury makes Coulson the new director of S.H.I.E.L.D. And they're basically, <laughs> Be the director they, of a company that doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah, so, they, so now they, they basically have to recruit new people. And, and the, the first episode of Season 2, they've recruited some uh, mercenaries, and you know, so they've, they've still got the group sort of together. Uh, Simmons has left the group. And they're the so new Fitz, um, So Fitz is, uh, is damaged from the events of Season 1, where he was underwater and stuff, and Ward is in sort of like a prison type thing. It basically just sort of, like I said, sort of continues on. Um, the it's it's the same 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 stuff. So, so you're enjoying season one, you'll you'll be enjoying season two. The major highlight for me was that uh, they they've start, they've introduced Crusher Creel. So the Absorbing Man is actually being introduced, and uh, he's awesome. Like he they, the way he uses his powers and and what he does on the show is very very cool. I've always been a fan of that character. So he's around. Uh, Xena shows up as well, but very very briefly. But uh, yeah, so if you enjoyed season one, keep going with season two. 
Um, so and just and just finally, I want to f- uh, finish off with Gotham. Uh, so the the long-awaited Gotham TV show has uh, has finally arrived, and uh, I've seen episodes one and two. Uh, so Gotham, of course, deals with uh, the early days of Bruce Wayne, who, went, who as we all know, eventually becomes um, Batman, and mainly focuses on uh, Jim Gordon as and sort of his rise through the ranks. So he's just he's just arrived in Gotham and the Gotham Police department and uh in the very first episode the waynes are murdered and you know batman starts starts his journey as well like bruce wayne starts his journey as well so um it's it's an interesting show it's uh it i'm not too sure it's sort of it's really found its feet yet it's not it's not sure what it's really trying to be sort of like the sort of the cartoony action adventure show like like shows like the flash and arrow and smallville uh but it's a bit it also then tries to be some sort of police sort of show like law and order so it's it sort of tries to combine the two and it just really doesn't work very well um in sort of that sort of aspect but there's so much to like about this show it's like it looks really nice um the acting is quite good i mean the the, the young boy that plays bruce wayne is is very good um you got sean pertwee as as uh as alfred that's where i've seen that face before um, just didn't click for the name yeah yeah so yeah you say son of the doctor Son of, yes, right. Son, he always be known as Son of the Doctor, unfortunately. But yeah, you know, you're right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so he does. He does quite good, and and uh, the, the 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 guy that's playing is Jim is quite good as well. And it's good, and it's good that the, the the level of acting is so good because some of the dialogue is really quite clunky, and, and but everybody sort of does the best they can, and and they they seem to be taking it seriously, which is good. Which is which is what you sort of you want it. You want it to be taken seriously, but not too seriously that they think it's Shakespeare but at least enough that they think it's that it's important and, and, and I quite like it, I, I quite like that sort of stuff um, the young girl that plays Catwoman or Selena is, is also quite good and, and uh, but my favourite by far is actually uh, Penguin <laughs> so, or Cobblepot, he hates being called the Penguin, um, so he's uh, he has quite a sort of a major sort of subplot and uh, he's, he's the, 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 guy, the guy who's playing him is excellent and uh, so I think I'm quite enjoying this character arc. So he's sort of his rise to power, sort of, sort of through the ranks of the mob. I think is is going to be quite interesting to watch. So I'm interested to see where it's going. It's not perfect. It's got some problems, um, but uh, I'm very interested to see how it pans out. And I'll definitely continue to watch it. Cool. So that's it. Uh, so that's it. The reviews. So let's move on to contest of champions. Ladies and gentlemen. Uh, for this installment of uh, Contest of Champions, it's actually uh, Crystal's pick, which is uh, pretty, I find very interesting, but it was Crystal's suggestion. Yeah, I'm not quite sure why I suggested it, because I'm not terribly familiar with either character. I know, it was weird. It was, when, yeah. you said, when I was asking you but, for ideas and you and you, this is the one you picked, I was like, really? Have you my, even seen this one? In my head, I thought, wouldn't it be cool if you had two different characters played by the same person? Yeah, I like it. I like yeah. it a lot. So, <laughs> so, uh, so it's going to be Rocky Balboa. Versus John Rambo. So it'll be like, uh, uh, uh. Yeah, you, <laughs> you won't understand a damn word of it. I know that. <laughs> so I find it a very, very interesting uh, matchup. Now I, I didn't have a scenario planned. Uh, I apologise. I've dropped the ball. Uh, so what we'll do is it's uh, can't blame the lack of internet for that. It's uh, Rocky and Rambo in a ring. So we'll put him in a boxing ring. Just because I feel like it. So automatically Rocky gets an advantage. They're not allowed to leave the ring. Whoever leaves the ring. He loses. Uh, it's to the death. <laughs> it's as, as all Rambo fights are. And uh, Rocky's got his gloves. So he's, he's all kicked up. 
I'm picturing Rocky IV version of Rocky with this one. And um, uh, Rambo doesn't have uh, any guns or anything. Otherwise, let, let's face it, it'd be over in a second. But I think, I'm thinking we might give him his knife, though. Do you reckon he should have his knife? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of iconic his knife. So I tell you yeah. how little I know about the characters. When I was a little kid, I thought the the Rambo films were like a, a follow on from Rocky. I didn't <laughs> I didn't realize they were different people. That's awesome. <laughs> I wonder why Rocky had gone to Vietnam. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. But I was a right. kid. Well, I mean, Rocky Rambo is like a a trained killer. I don't think we should. I don't think we should give him the knife. Otherwise, I think it'll be over in like a minute. Yeah, boxing gloves. You'll just, stab, hold up against you'll just knife. stab him in the face, and it'll be the end of it. <laughs> so, all right, no, no knife. So it's just Rambo, bare hands versus Rocky in a ring. Ding, 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 ding. Well, if they're Go. in a ring, yeah, then Rocky's got the advantage. Why is that? Well, he's used to being in a ring. He's used to the boxing. Whereas Rambo just does what it takes. Yeah, but Rambo, there's, there's, he's got a, he's got a skill. He just does what it takes. He's got Rambo is like military skill. trained. He's military, he's like a Navy SEAL. No, or something, no boxing something ridiculous skill. like that, or a ranger. I think actually, no. I think he's. I apologies to all the to all the rangers. I do believe he's actually meant to be a ranger. Well, he's not a boxer though. No, but he's like he's. It's it's all about killing with your bare hands sort of deal. So it, the I fact think... that in the ring is actually is even is. An advantage for him as well. It's neither advantage or disadvantage because well, he basically has to get it up close and kill him with his hands. They're, they're in a ring, but it's to the death. Is it? It's not. Yeah. It's not a boxing match. It's to the death. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think Rambo win. I think Rambo would win because, like, he would be able to grapple him. He would be able to do you know military trained you know moves. And yeah. all all Rocky really knows how to do is how to box, which is actually very. It's like the sport version of, of fighting. I mean, it's it's yeah. very different than actual fighting. Yeah, but it, would would Rambo even even get close enough to get it to get to him? I mean, we have to say Rocky is faster. Like he's all about moving around the ring. The he's he's fast, but yeah. surely Rambo knows how to science. you know catch a punt punch and then sling around him like when in Metal Gear Solid uh, Snake Eater. You know? Yeah, yeah. So you say so even though so Rocky would be better in terms of like the punching. Because that's what he's trained yeah. to do, and the movement. But once Rambo got a hold of him, that's pretty yeah. much game over, essentially. That's what he learned in the training yep. montage. But what about? But what about the classic sort of Rocky thing? Like, it's like every every fight seems to be he gets he cops as much punishment as he can take, and yeah. then unleashes the fury. You know what I mean? It's like I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it happens in every single film. But Rocky Four is the classic. It's like I mean, Drago. Ivan Drago just absolutely pummels the crap out of him, and Rocky just takes it intentionally in order to sort of wear Drago down, like he's a superior opponent. So he wears him down in order to then take him out. You know what I mean? So you, you know the reserve of strength. So I hear you. Is it possible? Do you think it's possible that he would he could do this as well? It's like all right, well come at come at me sort of stuff and sort of basically basically dance around because we, we all acknowledge that he's faster than Rambo, right? So he dances around. And sort of wears Rambo down, and then just punch the crap out. Because yeah, Rambo doesn't have to be fast; he just has to be stealthy. Yeah, which doesn't work in a ring. I, I think know, if he fights, Rambo he fights that Russian guy. Grab him; he would just break his neck. Yeah, so he's, he's got to catch him first. He's basically, it's basically, he's got to catch him, and but once he does, that's that's pretty much game over. Yeah, we're all in agreement with that. So I guess the so argument really is: so how does he? How, so long, does he how many catch rounds him? do they go? Does he actually catch him? 
And we'll say it's good. floating around Mars kind of thing. Like, I don't know. There's no way for us to know. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we'll say it's Rocky Four because I know the character that, that, that well. So it's Rocky Four Rocky versus Rambo 2 Rambo. Because <laughs> I guess it, it's it important. No I guess, yeah, so because first Blood Rambo, I think Rocky would have the edge. He's not as superhuman as he is in the later films. Like Rambo, by the time Rambo gets to the film Rambo, which is a, it's essentially Rambo Four, he's he's like a he's a killing machine. Like there's you know there's nothing that could possibly stop him. I think yeah. I think the only thing is it's just how long would it take Rambo to catch Rocky? Yeah, and then it'll be over. And then it's over because Rocky's got to get tired eventually. Yeah, he, he is, would get is tired. Is Adrian well. there? He's a, no. Well, it's Rocky Four, a Rocky, so it's no Adrian. She's dead. No, She's dead by this point. <laughs> so, no, no, actually, no. I, no, my apologies. I apologize. Right, Adrian is still alive in Rocky Four. Yes, so she could still she could be there. That's right. She is definitely there because in the fight at the end of Rocky Four, she looks across at Drago's wife, uh, Bridget Nielsen or whatever, and they sort of they have a bit of a look. Sort of stuff. A bit so, of a moment. Yeah, no, she's definitely still alive at that point. Yes, so she doesn't die until after that. So. Yeah, Adrian. So, Adrian is there. So that that would that would you, I like I like you thinking. So bro. Rocky, that would, Rocky that would wins it for up. Adrian. Rocky would win it because Adrian was there. This is good luck charm. He's good luck charm. I gotta be honest with you. I my know. heart, my I, I I I'm going with Rambo. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, as soon as he gets a hold of him, that's pretty much game over. Yeah, the thing is, Rambo's a killing machine. Rocky's a boxer. And and they can't leave the. Uh, oh, are you picking on boxes? Boxes aren't meant to kill each other. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Like that's what I'm saying. Is like boxers yeah, so know good. how to fight for the sport. I mean, I wouldn't yeah. fight one, but they know how to fight for the the sport. They're meant to retire and make, how um, to kill each other. Yeah, that's a good. That's such a good point. They're meant to retire and invent sandwich grills. <laughs> that's disrespectful to George Foreman. I won't have it in this household. <laughs> I'm not that big of a boxing fan, but I still respect the hey, Foreman. If you won't cook my dinner, George Foreman will. <laughs> that's it. All right. So I think so. We're giving it to we're, we're giving it to Rambo. Yeah, well, I think Rambo is just too yeah. ruthless. I'm out yeah. right. I was right. always going to say no, and then I realised Rambo was not Rocky. No, so Rambo's <laughs> all about the killing, so we'll give it to Rambo. Just as a quick aside, just because I think it'd be interesting, Rocky versus Muhammad Ali in his prime. Who do you reckon? Muhammad Ali. One for Muhammad? I mean, Muhammad Ali, didn't he beat Superman? <laughs> and on that How note, that turn out? <laughs> on that note, we give it to Muhammad Ali. <laughs> the quickest contest of champions ever. I googled uh, Rocky versus Ram, and there is actually—I don't know who this is. So I can't give him credit, but somebody has actually written an entire script for a Rocky versus Rambo movie. Wow, that's um, cool. So if you just Google Rocky versus Rambo, it's the second link, and it's—it's it's actually a Google Doc. Oh, as soon as I actually have some internet in the house, I'm going to check that out. That's awesome. You might have to wait. And I can say, if I skip to the last page, who wins? Uh, so, let me see. Hold on. Looks Adrian. like Rambo is the last person, last person alive. But I don't, but I don't want to tell you how it happens. You got to read the All script. Right. All right. So check, so check that out with um, Rocky versus Rambo script online. Give it a Google. Hey, and if you wrote it and you're listening to us. Send us a shoot us an email. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll give it yeah, a plug. We want to interview you about it. We'll plug it for sure. <laughs> Be on the show. Uh, so anyway, so uh, so that's victory for Rambo versus Rocky. Um, we're, as always, we're interested in to hearing your opinions. If uh, get get back to us if you if you think we were wrong, why were we wrong? If you think we were right, awesome, because we like being right. Um, I said uh, in talking about feedback, I just do want to mention that uh, our good friend, uh, fan of the show, Matt. Has, uh, has has given us some more feedback based on 
<laughs> our Spider-Man episode. So, <laughs> in the Spider-Man episode, oh, I like this guy. Yeah, I, I, love, I love this guy. I think he's awesome. So, in the Spider-Man episode, we uh, I, I mentioned, um, kind of jokingly gave him a bit of crap <laughs> about the Spidey versus Wolverine and how you know, how he wasn't happy about it and uh, had a few little jibes, and uh, he took it you know in the spirit that it was given. Thank God. And uh, he's he's. Um, He's written back, and uh, he's still just—he's still not happy, and he's come back with, with more reasoning. So, in that episode, I said that um, because it's to the death, even though Spidey, yes, has taken a punch one or two times in his career, because it's to the death, he would know. Hey, I just—I can't take any chances here. I can't—I can't be hit because once I'm gone with the, a couple of times with the claws, I'm pretty much out of it. So he would go out of his way to not get hit, and so therefore would still win. So it still was arguing for Spidey to win it. And uh, he wasn't pleased by that. He's, <laughs> it, just, it, doesn't, it doesn't make sense because even though it was to the death... Let's see if I actually if I try and get this right. So even though he knew it was to the death in this situation, he doesn't mean that he couldn't still be hit because you know Wolverine is incredibly skilled fighter. Um, and also, he's also been, tr- been hit in the comics even when he's being desperately tried not to be hit. You know what I mean? So there's still instances, there's still proof in the comics that Spidey can still be hit even when he's desperately trying not to be. Um, yeah. And that's true. I have to agree. I do have to concede that point. That has happened before. I mean, there have been times where Spidey has been beaten to a pulp when he's been desperately trying not to. And, uh, you know, but obviously in comics it's never to the death. So it's, I mean, when, you know, the vault, when the vultures hit in Spidey, it's not to the death. It's just so he can basically make a getaway. Um, but, even then, I've still, I've still got to give it to Spidey because I, I don't know. I just, even though I find that is, I, I do concede that point, and then I don't. I'm not. I'm, I'm willing to think that say that Wolvie would get some hits in and would definitely get some actual slashes in. I'm not saying Spidey walks away without any wounds at all. He's going to be cut up. He's going to be wrecked. He's going to have to go to the emergency room, but he would still win. So, Muhammad Ali versus. Uh... Uh, Rocky, versus the Spider-Man. Short, the shortest contest of champions ever. Yeah. <laughs> Spider-Man Spider- versus Wolvie, the longest contest <laughs> ever. <laughs> yeah, the longest ever. So anyway, so um, Matt, so just once going. again, I'm just going to say thank you very much for your very uh, articulate like responses. I do I do like your rebuttals. I, I think they do make lots of sense. I do love them. I love, I love receiving them, and uh, I, I think you're awesome. And uh, your your dedication to the contest of champions. I think he would use his brain power power for good instead of evil. I'm sure he does. I'm (laughs) sure he's a lovely man. Uh, So it's so yeah. So but I'm I'm still giving it to Spidey. So I I still need some uh, some proof otherwise. I'd be I'd be really interested in hearing some uh, some opinions from some other people. So um, maybe we could do a round two of Spidey versus Wolverine one day. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. But uh, for this, we are doing it a lot different now than we were then. So it's kind of yeah. That's true. I'm still might, get, it might not be bad to revisit it, yeah. I'm still giving it to Spy. Cool, so let's move on to Azerothian Times. Uh, so just uh, in the interest of brevity, I don't have a lot of uh, Azerothian Times, mainly because I haven't had any internet for the last couple of weeks. Curse you! Um, so <laughs> I basically haven't played, haven't played Warcraft, and I don't really know what's happening on in the world. So, He's all jittery. I mean, I am all jittery. I've got the shakes. <laughs> I've got the shakes, man. It's that's pretty bad. Uh, but um, but it's that's all right because there wasn't much going on anyway, really, until Warlords came. No, it's, it's well, a good time to take a break. break man. There. So all I've got is Lords of War Part Five finally came out. 
Um, that was cool. So uh, I did actually did watch that when I went to the library, as we mentioned <laughs> previously. So I had some internet there. So so yes, yeah, so that was that was actually probably the best of the lot. I thought. Um, and the BlizzCon virtual tickets are now available. They've been available for a little, for a little while, but they're now you know, fully available. And the items that you get with them, because you always get loot items. Uh, and uh, the virtual pet that you get, like last year, is a murloc. Uh, but this time, it's a murloc who's dressing up to be uh, Garrosh Housecream, so which I think is pretty cool. Um, the other, and you also get some other items for Diablo and uh, Starcraft and stuff like that, which I have no interest in, so I didn't bother to remember, remember what they were. But I assume it's the usual sort of stuff: avatar picks, a banner for Diablo, and yeah. uh, various other stuff like that. Buying this tonight? Are they still available? Uh, I would say they definitely. It's a virtual ticket, so I'm saying they they probably do all available. It's uh yeah. So I haven't bought mine yet, but I probably will. Let's face it, so I can get the the Murloc. I'm addicted. It's pretty bad. Have you got anything, Bo? Uh, I've been trying to just get transmog items, and I don't know, man. Nothing is dropping for me. Um, Did you get that Drake? Just, hell no, <laughs> dude. I've been <laughs> I've killed that dragon. Uh, at least a thousand times. Like I don't even know how to tell you how many times I've killed that dragon. Um, keep keep doing it, man. I mean, it took me ages to get Hulon's mount drop to finally drop. It's not happening for me. And and now I'm trying to get um, the war glaives and the uh, the big shield that you get from Illidan. And um, I, I've been, you know, you can only do that once a week. So I've been, you know, logging in on my warrior and my paladin. And um, doing it, you know, once on each of those a week, and I've done that for like a month or two now, and I still haven't got that either. <laughs> and it's cool. only, it's like a twenty percent drop rate. Like it's like statistically impossible that I've done it four times now and still haven't gotten it. You know, like yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous. So that's uh, so that was Azerothian Times. It was a nice short one. That's probably our shortest ever Azerothian Times. Wasn't uh, this good without Cameron? No. <laughs> yeah, I just that's all I want out of life. <laughs> you don't understand. <laughs> Poor Cameron. He was a good kid. But hello, Cameron, if you're listening. Um, so what I, what I want to get up next is, uh, as I said, said at the start, the um, the the soapbox slash what did, what did you what did you call it? Editorial. The editorial. Um, now I, I like I like to keep these things sort of upbeat. You know, these episodes sort of upbeat and entertaining. I, I don't like we don't go into ser- too much serious stuff all that very often. We have covered sort of the portrayal of women in comics and games, and you know the disgraceful sort of way women are treated at, cos- at conventions sometimes and, you know, in, in the industry and stuff like that. So, you know, we do, do get serious sometimes, but generally it's quite lighthearted. Uh, but just recently I read a article titled Nerd Culture is Rape Culture, um, which is from a few months ago. I, I've, I've read this after the fact that a friend of mine uh, alerted me to its presence. Um, it is. It did come out after the shootings or the, the killings of, by that... Uh, psychopath kid what was his name Elliot Roger so after the Elliot Roger stuff was that the Dark Knight Rises no Elliot Roger Elliot Roger was that was that little prick that uh, thought that he was entitled to attention from women oh yeah that and, guy yeah uh, yeah yeah and then that, like of, drove around and everything. yeah drove around and then you know killed some innocent people for absolutely no reason at all um anyway so he's scum and you know nobody denies that but it's it's interesting that this uh, this this gentleman then decided to write this article. So the full title is "Nerd Culture is Rape Culture: Elliot Roger and the Misogynistic World of the Geek," um, and it's written by Mr. Chris Hare. That's uh, H A I R E. Now, people, uh, long-time listeners of the show will know that uh, 
I sometimes get a little emotional. I mean, it's, it's, I don't usually get angry, but I'll sometimes get emotional, especially Prometheus. if yeah, if Prometheus is mentioned. Um, and you know, I, we do it. We do it for the comedy. You know, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm not adverse to, to having a bit of a nerd rant every now and again. I mean, the fact that I don't like Prometheus does not alter my, you know, my enjoyment of life. <laughs> you know, all that sort of stuff. I don't. I mean, it's not too serious. Um, but I just cannot express how angry this article made me and it's it was interesting it was an eye-opener it's like so you know it's it's quite common for people to to go off in message boards and forums and stuff like that so they've seen something that's made them angry and and they react and you know most of the time well 99 percent of the time my reaction would be is kind of like calm down dude you know what i mean it's really it's, it's not that big a deal it's you know move on and now i'm sort of i can now sort of see the other world i'm not i'm not by no means am i excusing their reactions i mean sometimes they can get quite horrific but you didn't turn into a troll i didn't t- well i didn't turn into a troll you know but now i can sort of i can now kind of see it i mean i've, I've never been as angry at something that i've read than than, than this and uh, and mainly because i sort of it felt kind of personal well look at the name of our podcast yeah and at the title of the article exactly right yeah. so <laughs> that's that's exactly the point i wanted to make um, so yeah, our podcast is called Nerd Culture Podcast. Um, it's you know or NCP for short, and um, yeah, we talk about nerdy stuff. We I mean we we talk about geeky nerdy sort of sort of stuff, and that's you know being a nerd is is my life, and it's a big part of you know it's 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 not it doesn't define me as a as a, as a, a whole person, but it is a a big part of my life. Nerd, what people would consider to be nerdy pursuits is is basically what I do. And, you know, I like to talk about it. I like to share it with my friends. And I would say, you know, 99% of the people that I know that I, I would consider my friends would also identify themselves as a nerd or a geek or whatever the case may be, or at least have that sort of bent. Um, and I just, I really took this article very personally. Um, now, this article, I'm not going to go through the entire thing. I, I, I invite you to read it for yourself. But it essentially, in a nutshell, as the title would suggest, in a nutshell suggests that nerd culture as a as a whole is uh very much a part of what what's referred to as rape culture and mainly because of the sort of stereotypical sort of way nerds are sort of represented in their pursuit of the opposite sex um so whether you're a male or a female nerd and uh, but most but mainly male let's be honest we very very much focuses on male in this that's sort of that sort of stereotypical sort of thing about how the nerd is sort of trodden on and and uh, by his you know his peers you know with the the jocks you know for want of a better word and the popular kids and how you know so he lusts after the popular girl you know the prettiest girl in school sort of stuff and and, and let's face it he's never going to get her uh, that that sort of thing that sort of you know I'm not I'm not saying that's how it happens in real life but that's that's the stereotypical thing and it's been around since the beginning it's it's nothing new I mean it's, you know Revenge of the Nerds sort of type stuff, you know, even, or even 16 Candles. Big Bang you know? to a certain degree. And now, in there, and now, you know, highlighted mo- mostly in Big Bang. I mean, it's the major plot of Big Bang Theory is the fact that he lusts after Penny, the, you know, the hot girl, and, you know, and doesn't have much of a chance, although he does eventually get her, of course. So it's, that so sort of, sort of focuses on that sort of thing. And if it had just been just on that in itself, mm. I wouldn't have been that upset about it because, I mean, let's face it, it's true, the... I'm not, I'm not saying that's what every nerd is like, and that's not the, the reality for every nerd, but that is the stereotypical I- ideal of a nerd, and, you know, to have a laugh about the it. the most common trope. Yeah. yeah, the most common trope. Yeah, that's that's a good way to put it. Um, but this, the way this article, to, to link it to rape culture, uh, I, I, I just found quite offensive. 
And what's uh, the link? Like, what does he? What does he say? Well, let's so let's let's go let's go through some some points. Um, he starts off the article by talking about how he's a fan of Star Wars, and that then basically makes and then has the quote, and this, this is a direct quote: "Princess Leia was raped by Jabba the Hutt." Straight from the so right, so right from the bat, obviously he's got my attention, <laughs> which is obviously the yeah. point of the article, um, and and this and, and where I got so where, where I got sort of angry. So he claims that he's a Star Wars fan, and that you know it took it took many took many years for him to realize so you know that that must have been what happened. And his reasoning is thus: that she's in um, Jabba's palace, which is supposed to be the home of you know the galaxy's worst, like the absolute worst criminals, and that she is a single woman captured and uh it must it must have happened essentially is what he's saying he, she must have been raped because they were the worst scum of the worst now yeah the reason that annoys me so much is because nothing in the film indicates that she was raped nothing in, yeah. or that's all you can go by the film so if there is no implication so of course there's no scene of it because it's, it's star wars but there's not even an implication that she is so right they're not even a slight cigarette afterwards or anything like that there's no nod there's no innuendo there's nothing of any kind and let's and, there, and, there, and there's two reasons for that well star wars is aimed towards children and the worst of the worst in the star wars galaxy are just thieves and cutthroats there's nothing to suggest they do anything worse than that this is a made-up fictional universe that that is yeah. exactly right. Thank you very much. That's probably even better than I could have said it. The the, the Star Wars universe is not our universe. Oh. The worst of the worst in our universe. Sure, you can make some assumptions, yeah. but this is the Star Wars universe, and that it's never been implied in any single Star Wars story That's that like- I know of that a, a rape has occurred. So the concept of rape does not exist in the Star Wars universe. It's not even mentioned. So. That's number one is 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 important, but two the most important is it's never said that she was, and so therefore she wasn't. It's just as simple as that. You can't. It's not canon. It's not canon. <laughs> um, anyway, so that really, really, really upset me. He he then goes on and then sort of links it to uh, Elliot Roger and uh, his manifesto and you know the things that he did. But you know, so but, but so moving on from sort of there, so he basically says that Elliot Rogers himself is a was a nerd and was punishing women whether he was a nerd or not is is not relevant in any way to mm. what he did he did what he did because he needed serious mental assistance that his hatred of women wasn't because he was a nerd his hatred of women is because of you know certain other things that happened in his life but he seems to be using that as an example he says in the article he's painting broad strokes and yes you are but he's, he seems to be using that to say all nerds are like that yeah just he does I mean, he does he does throw in the he does throw in the comment that i'm not saying all nerds are you know but uh are bad, but then that's exactly what the article is saying. So, and, and I, you know, I'd like to say that, uh, uh, speaking from a female perspective, if I had two rooms to choose out of and I was told to go and sit in room A with all the popular boys or room B with the nerds, I'd go and sit with all the nerds and feel totally comfortable about it because they're people who share my interests and, and chat with me. And, um, contrary to popular opinion, they're not. Yeah, a lot of them do know how to talk to women, hmm. and they're quite conversant and intelligent, charming, funny, happy people. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it's, it's this whole this this nerd culture, rape culture thing, it, it upsets me it, because rape rape is a reality. Rape is a, a horrible, horrible thing. But 
why why it doesn't link to nerd culture no, no. nerd culture is rape culture as a, as a concept exists for sure but i'd say it's more of a it's more of a human problem yeah, so probably, it's, it's yeah. Not, not a nerd problem there's probably nerds out there who have been offenders but the same with probably jocks out there have been offenders there's probably all sorts of people out there have been offenders it's nerds are a cross section of human life and there are all sorts of different type of people in that in that uh, nerd culture we're not all exactly yeah. the same yeah, it's just right. No, nobody is exactly the same, and that's and then I guess that's what I make it want to make clear. It's not n- nerd culture that's the problem. It's not sport culture that's the problem. It's not uh, just uh, you know gardening culture that's the problem. You know what I mean? It's, it's, I mean, you can go on and on. It's not mm. not them specifically that are, that are the problem. Culture that's the problem. Is there, there's there's you know there's, I mean I, I mean I, I mean I'm not a psychologist. I just I mean I, I mean there's clearly a problem, uh, but sort of narrowing it down to one particular sort of subset of culture. It's just wrong. It's, it's, it's just erroneous. And if you've got friends that you're not happy to have your daughters around, perhaps they shouldn't be your friends. Oh, thank you. Thank you for bringing that up. That is, that's the second thing. That, I mean, that's, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but that's the second thing from his article that really, really annoyed me. It's like, I just, I've got to read this bit out. So he basically talks about, you know, nerds and, you know, sort of the stereotypical sort of aspects of nerds and how they lust after women. And, and so they sort, of, sort of go for the perfect women. Like he makes a comment about Mila Kunis, Mila Kunis even though, I mean, there's no denying Mila Kunis is a very attractive woman, but and so he sort of makes a comment about that you know for the typical nerd she would only be a seven because he's he's looking out for the ten sort of the unobtainable sort of ten Jesus. ten woman yeah That's so and weird I know and well, you know we'll, we'll we'll move aside from that for now because I mean even though I think this article says a lot about his own psyche yeah this article says yeah. more about him than it says anything else but anyway so so, so to go back to what to, to what Crystal just brought up it, so after the, the the article about the perfect ten woman he moves on to. Sadly, some of these sad sacks have been my friends, but I will tell you flat out, I would never let them around my daughters. There's just something there that feels off, icky. To them, women aren't just sex objects. They're action figures that they collect, box, display, and fetishize. Now, two things there. One, you need some new friends, because if you can't trust any of your friends around your daughter because you think they're creepy and icky, then why the hell are you friends with them? And what's attracting you to them in the first place? Exactly right. Why? Why are your friends that way? When if you can claim that you are not, why are you hanging around with these people? I can tell you that. I mean, I don't have a huge amount of friends who I would actually true, truly call honestly friends, but a lot of them, as I said at the start, sort of have that sort of nerd bent. And I can assure you that none of them react this way. Mm-hmm. None of them are rapists. None of them trivialize women that way. They're and like exactly like Crystal said, better than I did. They are perfectly stable, sensible, honest, decent people. In fact, one of your best male friends is more of a feminist than I am. Exactly right. I mean, it's, uh, it's just this. This article not only offended me because of of my ideals in life. I mean, is I I have never ever treated a woman the way that he's suggesting that we do that that nerds as a as a whole do. And uh, the general broad way that he did it, uh, wrote this article, offended me and a lot of people that I know. So I just had to sort of get that off my chest. I, I, I do apologise if that went on a bit too long. Um, there's no doubt there's some misogynistic aspects to nerd culture, but there is in, oh, of course in there is. all yeah. culture. Yeah, so all culture. And we've yeah. talked about the, the women portrayed in comics and whatnot. And, and, you know, but I know, all the people I know who enjoy these comics understand that they're fictional and not real women. Yeah, I guess I guess there's. I basically just want to end it there. Is that I'm not saying there are not scumbags that are also nerds. I'm not saying that. I mean, I've seen it with my own eyes. 
I've known one or two. I wouldn't call them friends, <laughs> but I've known one. Or, you know, um, of course. But the problem, but the thing is, is that it's not because they were nerds that made them scumbags. It's because they were scumbags. It's because they were scumbags. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, it's, people. Happen to be nerds. I mean, people that grope cosplayers at conventions maybe they're because they're you know because they're nerds as well or maybe they're just there because they want to grope you know cosplayers at conventions it's wrong it's horrible it shouldn't happen it doesn't happen because they're nerds it happens because they're scum and or or don't know any better whatever if you want to be a little bit more liberal about it i think his article is is partially talking about does you know the media of nerd culture comics and you know superhero movies the types of things that 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 culture watches does it breed breed a negative view on women or a rape culture you know ask view on women yeah. and i would say the answer to that is yes as much as most media does i mean it's not necessarily a problem with our our media specifically i mean it's a problem across a lot of television shows and a lot of movies and things that are not necessarily in that genre but in the same way there's also examples of strong women and of you know there's examples of the opposite too in both medias, mm-hmm. so I mean, it, it's 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 a problem across the culture as a whole, not necessarily, you know, nerd culture. It's it's you can take from it what you want from it. It's the same sort of argument as do violent video games create serial killers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think we're into that. I think I think I think you guys have summed it up pretty well. Yeah, I'd be very interested in hearing um, the opinions of, of our honorary crew members. I mean, is anybody? Has something you want? They want to add. Um, there was some. There's an excellent comment uh, on, on the actual article itself on the website where that article appeared as well. Uh, so you know, if you, I'm, I'm very, I'm very interested to hear what you think about this. I mean, this. I mean, did I take it too personally? Uh, was he right in saying what he was saying, or do you agree with what we're saying? Uh, you know, what's what's your opinion? What what is your your feelings about no culture and, and uh, I don't know the the negative way that we're sometimes portrayed. Um, I just, uh, so I implore you to uh, contact us and let us know. Let's... One final thing. I am sick and tired of this stereotypical nerdy guy can't get a date. Most of the nerds I know yeah. are married. Yeah. Quite happily. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, look, I'm not saying there's not problems. I'm not saying it's across the board problems. Don't, don't trivialize yeah. it. Don't put it to one sort, of, one sort of section of humanity. There's, I mean, there's, it needs to be addressed, but it needs to be addressed as a whole together. Anyway, I think we've... Uh, that's, a, that's a heavy subject to, to try to weigh in on. Yeah, it is. And, yeah, it's. Uh, I think we've, we've run it to death. So let's, uh, let's move on. Uh, so let's uh, finish up the show with uh, our coming soon. There's not much coming coming out in Australian cinemas. That's um, good, because we won't be here. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Uh, October 9th, Australia gets The Judge, which is Robert Downey Jr. and Robert Duvall. Um, so it's like a comedy drama and uh, Kevin Smith's latest film Tusk no oh there's no God. way I am yeah. going to see that absolutely With... no oh way oh my god it looks so cool no <laughs> I saw a clip of it on, on the Tonight Show and that was enough to put me off no way no, no. yeah I think it I think it looks terrible I'll be honest <laughs> and, uh, I, I didn't no, think it looked terrible it's so just, much fun I, it disturbed me deeply no <laughs> It's about a podcaster. <laughs> it is. It's about. <laughs> I'm not saying the subject. The subject just doesn't really interest me. That's really what it is more about. So, I mean, it's not an anti Kevin Smith stance. I just, I just yeah. don't think it just looks very interesting. Yeah. That's all. So. No, I just, that, that I just like that he's me. making these bizarre movies now 
Yeah. That is just like completely different than what he's normally making. And I'm just kind of excited about that more than I am the actual movie. I, I think it's just going to be so unlike anything else he's done. I'm excited about it. Yeah, I do like that he's branched out. Don't get me wrong. I mean, it's, it's you know, what was it? Garden, not Garden State. What was it called? Red State? Red State. Yeah, Red State. Red State and, and, you know, and now this and sort of, you know, unfortunately he's going back to Clerks, but... But still, I mean, this is, I mean, he's branching out and sort of growing as a filmmaker, and, and that's cool. I just don't think he's very good, and so I'm not really interested. Well, I think it could be a quality film. If that one clip disturbed me that much, or that could be just Justin Long's acting, I don't know, but I mean, oh, saying yeah. that is a good thing, not a bad thing. <laughs> I think it's a bizarre concept, and I understand why some people wouldn't be on board, but I think as a movie, it's going to be really good. The guy playing the... The old man. He was the same. Yeah. He was the same bad guy in um, Red State. Yeah, that guy is creepy. Yeah. as hell. He is excellent. And he was good. He was good in Red State as well. Yeah, I think he'll be good. In, I think he'll be good in this man. I think. I think he's going to be. I think the concept is off the wall, completely off the wall. And if you can't get behind somebody turning somebody else into a walrus, I understand that. I mean, it's bizarre, <laughs> but. If you know that going in, like if you know that's what you're watching, I think you're in for a ride, man. I think, I think we should go see really it in the States, cool. dude. We it's should go a, see it. It's almost as disturbing as a human seven to be. Where's almost. when have you guys already got it it's, or when do you get it? What do you what do you got? Uh, what do you got coming I don't out think week? we've gotten it yet. I don't think we've gotten it yet. I'm looking back now. Maybe you guys are getting it first. Oh rat. Which would be really bizarre considering it does from happen New Jersey. Sometimes. So for October tenth we have addicted Alexander and the terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. Uh, oh, that's that little. It's like a little kid movie. I saw the preview for that. Right. Um, we're also getting the judge, and then a whole bunch of limited releases. But that's the that's the main blockbuster releases. Okay. Cool. So that's uh, episode one hundred and twelve. Uh, as I said at the start, there will be no episode next week. So I do apologize. Uh, we're really sorry, but uh, we'll be busy, busy, busy uh, enjoying all things New York. Look out for us uh, the week after in the, for episode 113. Um, so, yeah, so, uh, again, I, it's, it's, uh, we don't usually go into sort of serious sort of stuff like that, so I do apologize if that's kind of kind of annoyed anybody, but uh, it was I felt strongly about it and had to sort of get it out there. Uh, Didn't mean to kill your buzz. Yeah. <laughs> if you, uh, if you, and, and please, I implore you, if you have an opinion and you want to let us know, please let us know. If you don't want us to mention your name on, on air or anything, just let, let me know that. But, uh, and then we'll, we'll get back to it when we get back. So look out, New York. NCP is hitting New York. I got no reaction at all. <laughs> Moving on. That <laughs> 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 didn't get the reaction I was hoping for, but that's all right. We don't, see, we don't rehearse these things, ladies and gentlemen. This is, this is just pure improv right from the start. Jeez, imagine how long it would take if we rehearsed. <laughs> I know, it would be pretty bad. Anyway, so that's it from me and the crew. Crystal. Um, look out, New York. And Bo. This week is the floors. Next week is the fries. What? Coming what? to America. <laughs> Coming to America. Oh! oh. <laughs> one of your favorite films. <laughs> I do love Coming to America. How did I not get that reference? Oh, anyway. Bye. 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 You've been listening to Nerd Culture Podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Send us an email to feedback at nerdculturepodcast.com. You can write on our wall if you go to the Facebook page. Go to facebook.com forward slash nerdculturepodcast. Tweet us at nerdculturecast. Skype us on nerdculturepodcast. If we don't answer, leave a message. We might even play it on the show. You can comment on any post on our website. www.nerdculturepodcast.com If you'd like to support the show, 
Use the Amazon affiliate widget on our website to do your Amazon shopping. It doesn't cost you any extra, and a small percentage of the profit goes towards helping us to produce our show. We can see what you buy, but not who you are, so your privacy is assured. Check out our videos at ncptv.net or search for NCPTV on YouTube because we also have a YouTube channel. Don't forget, you can rate, review and subscribe to the show on iTunes. Wondering where you can hear more of Bo? Go to ecnradio.com. Bo and David also have another podcast called Film Flames. More info at www.filmflames.com. You can find all of our podcasts and more at undercastnetwork.com. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for more episodes.